0: industry insider is only available at promo corner the leader in digital marketing for the promotional products industry each Monday they discuss dissect and debate a single issue impacting the world of promotional marketing from every industry perspective now It's time for Promo Corner's Industry Insider. Welcome to another edition of the Industry Insider Podcast. My name is Jeff Franklin. I am the National Accounts Manager with Headwear USA. And I'm invited today by two other lovely folks. We're going to get to them in just a second. But first, I want to let you guys know about TechWeld. All right. TechWeld USA is made or is USA made in a world filled with worry regarding overseas products. Uh, They offer many USA made products to help separate themselves from the promotional products pack. Uh, let's talk custom packaging. Okay. At Tech Weld, They love to create new every day. Their custom packaging division is a great example of this. Each box takes on a life of its own, and they can work to meet your custom specifications regarding packaging. Uh, They're also, you should check them out for sunglasses, All right? They're the winners of the Distributor Choice Awards for sunglasses. TechWeld won the 2019 Distributor Choice Awards in the sunglass category, and they've got many SKUs that are FDA approved and offer UVA and UVB protection. They've also got a great cannabis line, by the way which is a great industry in the times that we're facing right now uh things have still uh or have have done really well for anything drugs or or not drugs but cannabis sorry excuse me cannabis or alcohol related and uh so check out their cannabis line as well uh they've recently launched their whole cannabis line of products and uh, would love some word of mouth marketing to sort of help spread the word about those products. So, hey, go check them out at techwell.com for more information. You won't be sorry that you did. Now, as I said, I am joined today by two other lovely folks. And if you're watching live, yes, I'm the ugly one. Okay. <laughs> uh, I am joined today by, as always, our favorite Meg Herber in the industry. Meg, big Meg, what's up? S&S Activewear, how are you?
1: What is up? I destroyed Tony Lametti. We just got to put that out there in our fantasy football league this week. He says it's he easy, didn't fit his line. It's lineup, easy to but... beat
0: somebody that gave up four weeks ago. So he says. Okay. I'm <laughs> sad because I'm on like a three-week losing streak or something. Yeah. Like some, somehow the guy I played this week comes up with 174 points when he's been averaging like 80 points a week. So.
1: Oh, I think I know you're talking about V.J. had him. He was losing, and then all of a sudden he was like, my wide receiver just gained 65 points, and I won. So Yeah, yeah.
0: so – it's been, it's been great. But hey, uh, Jeremy Witt just chimed in on Facebook and says, Go Steelers. True that. Only undefeated <laughs> team in the NFL right now. Dana, would you care to chime in? <laughs> go sports.
2: You know me. Go I love sports. hockey. I love it. Go, uh, go sports. So that
0: voice is Dana Geiger. If you don't know who Dana Geiger is, she's with PPAI. And prior to that, she was an executive director for uh, a couple of different regional associations. So we're going to talk today, bef- you know, before we give Dana a chance to introduce herself, we're going to talk today about LDW at home, uh, which you know we can talk about what that is and, and what that all was about. Uh, but then we're also going to talk about sort of state of the regionals. Uh, so Dana, before we jump into that, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to the folks. If anybody doesn't know who you are, I don't know why, uh, but ultimately you're the best, coolest person in the industry. And I'm super pumped to have you on today. So Dana, take it away.
2: Wow. Thanks for having me, guys. I oh, feel wait, like first of all, like... hold
0: on. Hold on. one, One second. I'm going to interrupt you, okay? Uh-huh. Uh, I'm very disappointed that you stole my background. All right? Uh-huh. I, know <laughs> my office is super cool. I know my office is super cool, but it was really, it's it's unprofessional, Dana.
2: I was wondering if you were going to address that. I know. I just can't help it, Jeff. <laughs> That's I, amazing. I <laughs> um, all right,
0: take it away. Sorry.
2: Hi, everyone. My name is Dana Geiger, and um, I always like to lead with, for people I haven't met, that Um, I am not affiliated with the industry legacy, um, the industry royalty Geiger, it's a lot of times when people I first meet them, they have that question and it's a fair question because it's not a common name. So it's just a lovely coincidence for me that makes people return my calls. So they realize (laughs) that I'm not affiliated. I actually, um, I've always ever been on the association side of things. And like Jeff said, I work for PPAI and I have since March of 2018. Um, And I'm the regional relations manager. And so what that really means is I work with the 27 regional associations around the country to help connect them, bring resources, support them, and uh, connect them to resources at PPAI. But before that, I worked as an executive director for three regional associations. And I had the pleasure of working with and for Jeff, who was my president at CPPA for a couple of years. I came into the industry in 2010, for VAPA and actually I was looking for a new job. I was in the association world, I was in the charitable association world and I um, looked on uh, Craigslist and I saw an ad for a part-time executive director and I thought, oh yeah, sure that's legit and I sent a (laughs) resume and um, I quickly realized it was legit because Robert Fiveash was the one that called me and I could tell I know him no time that he was, you know, he meant business. So that's how I, I happened into the industry in 2010. Before that, I was in nonprofits and I did sell for a while. Um, but I really felt like I belonged. I always say in this industry, you kind of like a, a misfit child. You either know if you fit or you don't and you know pretty quickly. So... Um, You fit better
0: than any other Dana Geiger. I cannot believe how well you fit in our industry. You're like the cog that makes this whole thing tick. Like, I don't understand, uh, you know, like uh, it really is. She's like the
1: backbone.
2: Um, That's kind. I don't have to sit there and sell every day though. So it's easy probably for me to remain calm because I'm not putting out fires like you are sometimes. But um, so then I worked for PPAS. So I did all those three associations kind of in different times, um, but it gave me a really great network of friends. Um, so many of my dearest friends I met when I came into this industry, present company included. So, I mean, really, if you think about it, I was, before I came on here today, I'm like, I have, they're so, I've been fortunate. I get to sit at a table and laugh with people and like get to know people on like a real personal level that I get to work with on a daily basis. And I have never had that before in this industry, so. So that's kind of my story in a nutshell. That encapsulates it, I think, for the most part.
0: Awesome. I didn't take
2: three minutes, though. What
0: What charitable association were you working with prior to your industry experience? Oh,
2: thanks for asking. The Alzheimer's Association was, oh,
0: nice. was awesome.
2: where I was for a long time. My grandmother had the disease for 18 years. And so... Yeah, um, long time. I have to were, deal with like, it. I'm sorry. A very sad. Um, so I started as a volunteer with them and then... Um, It worked into what was part-time work after I had my son 18 years ago, and then I became their program manager, Um, and I loved it, but it was something that I couldn't turn off on the weekends, right, and so I wanted to stay in the nonprofit lane because I kind of, you know, I kind of operate that way, and so the trade association was like the perfect scenario because it's still meaningful and important to people's lives, but do lives depend on it? Meh. I mean, sometimes we get in escalated situations and we think so, but with the Alzheimer's Association, it was just, um, there was phone calls from people that were getting diagnosis and wanting, and it was just a little too much, so it was better that I pulled off, but I'm still a huge advocate of this, uh, of Alzheimer's Association,
0: so. That's awesome. Yeah, I had to
1: do like a report when I was in high school on Alzheimer's Association, and we had to like reach out and like, get information, and I think for the next 13 years, I kept receiving information. <laughs> well, good. I'm glad to know
2: that they got the list.
1: Hopefully, you don't actually need it, though. I know. I know. Yeah. Great marketing.
0: So <laughs> know where to go. Side, we, we do want to get into LDW at home. So, first of all, anybody that doesn't know what LDW stands for, it stands for Leadership Development Workshop, uh, and basically, it is a an incredible conference that is held by PPAI year after year for all of the volunteers of the regional associations. And Dana, if I'm not accurately describing or leaving anything out, please uh, feel free to correct me. But um, when I first joined the regional community uh, or the regional board at CPPA, I had no idea what LDW was. And typically they they like to encourage, if not mandate, that uh, the newest members of each board Make sure that they're in attendance because it is very vital. And honestly, the first nine months of my uh, of my tenure as a as a director at large with CPPA, I had no idea or no clue what I was doing. Uh, I didn't quite know where my place was. And when I went to my first LDW, it was really a springboard into figuring out exactly where I fit and where I could contribute. Because you know, when you're new to anything, you really just don't you don't necessarily want to ruffle feathers or be the be the greenie you know the new guy that that comes in and uh yeah yeah kid okay whatever um and so ultimately you're not really quite sure where you can fit in or where you can contribute so lbw was in- incredibly uh in- impressed upon me as far as like what i can do so uh this year with everything that's happened uh like many other events things have gone virtual so tell us in ldw at home was what two weeks ago Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah if you could fill us in on you know ldw give us a recap at home and uh just you know let us know how that all took place how the decision went from doing an in-person uh thing in dallas down to uh doing it virtual at home and what the whole process was with that data
2: yeah well i think you stated that beautifully um, that the leadership development workshop is an annual event just for regional association volunteers and executive directors. And so for people that maybe aren't familiar with the regional community, there are 27 regionals around the country and they are all managed by separate, they're all separate 501 c 6 trade associations. They all have their own mostly part-time executive director like i said or and there are a few with full-time and and then the the rest of the management is done by the volunteer board and so i believe the evolution of the event was it was 21 years ago this was the 21st ldw that um and where ppai and RAC, the regional association council realized that there was a whole lot of value in bringing this community together and providing them with the know-how and the knowledge to manage these small trade associations because a lot of times you get folks that are maybe have never done any kind of board service before, and they're not, sh- you know, familiar with parliamentary procedure and all of that stuff. So um, that's how it evolved. And it's, I I am biased, but I do feel like it's a crown jewel of events, because it's the one event where really no one's trying to sell the other person. I mean, surely, yes, you make contacts, and, and I think contacts that have, like, can transcend, like, years and, and different jobs. But um, it's, it kind of strips away that, that vendor, you know, client relationship and you really just get people at their best. You're both laughing.
1: We're just right. laughing at Tony's. Tony. Tony Lamedi chimed
0: oh. in on Facebook. He wants oh. to know why we have the same offices. I've already, oh, I've already
1: uh, addressed it. that
0: issue, Tony. Uh, Dana, Dana likes to steal people's backgrounds. So ultimately she somehow got a snapshot of my office and has, <laughs> used, is using it as a virtual background. Like, can you leave that?
2: Ridiculous,
0: <laughs> no. Dana. Ridiculous. I want to
2: be like Jeff. Actually, if you see the LDW logo over your right <laughs> shoulder there, Jeff, you you can see that Jeff is by background. There. No,
0: there. not at all. I just know Look that we're talking gone. about LDW at home right now, and I, I'm representing, okay?
2: okay. Um. So we, we decided to host it online this year because, well, what's the alternative? I mean, <laughs> I know. As much as we reluctantly didn't want to not be all together, I mean, the idea of Everyone getting on a plane and coming together just seems moderately irresponsible. Not to mention that a lot of people are down in finances, and so it was uh, financial, you know, decision. But but mo- mo- moreover, COVID. So um, and then, so then it was like, well, how do we create an event that? I mean, it's not like there's a sales pitch, right? The really the the value of this event is is what Bill Petrie said best, is casual collisions, right? With people at the bar, at the food trough, you know, in between sessions and then discussing discussing what they heard together in small, and that was really the biggest challenge is how do we do that in a virtual setting? And do I think that we had the same kind of experience? No. Do I think that we had an experience that was meaningful? Yeah, I do. Um, and we did it pretty quickly on the fly. It looked very different. And the content was not as um, continual like when we you know we had everybody at the DFW Lakes Hilton we you know we stuff you with food from beginning to end to keep you awake and we you know we, we line up classes with n- nary a minute of break but this was three days and we just and I know my own attention span I was like we got to keep it short sweet right and then you know culminate in some kind of like with actionable things so the first two days were I think about two hours of real content that we had a, in you know, a happy hour, which is where Jeff stole that background. And he actually <laughs> won a gift card for doing it, I will add. Um, and then the next day was about the same time frame.
0: Are you trying to fl- flip the script on me?
2: Me? <laughs> yeah. I'm trying, yes, I, I'm this always trying to flip Oh, I- okay. okay.
0: All right. Like the window is right here.
2: I know, I know, but it's not that sunny today here <laughs> in Virginia Beach. <laughs> now you're messing with my head.
0: All right. This <laughs> all right. I stole Dana's background. Yes, I won uh, a gift card yeah. uh, at LDW at home because I was creative.
2: Yeah, you were. You, like are. To, you, I'd and, like to you and about 12 or 13 others were creative. So um, those are the types of things we tried to do is just kind of pepper in like spontaneous awards. And if you, if you came to the event, when you got there, you really just heard me and Rena talking to ourselves kind of like this is we were kinda of, and and really that happened pretty quickly, like like on the fly. I was like, I think we need to be there like we typically are when people arrive at a session, like welcoming them at the door, like and so it was 30 minutes before start where I was like, I think we should just be on screen, like encouraging the chat. And and that's really how it evolved. And I think that piece that someone referred to it this morning is like kind of an MC. It's not what I went into it with, with but it turned out like kind of like being that thread through the event I think that made people reminded them that they were attending in real time made them feel connected in a way you were there Jeff right Meg
1: were you yeah. there I don't know if you were. <clears throat> not this um, year I'm not, um, not on a board for any of the regional I know you're a
2: volunteer though for oh, a committee am right? I? <laughs> yeah so um so yes, you know so I'm
0: life. sure Ahead, I was gonna say my, my experience at LDW at home, uh, having been to several other in-person ones, um, you know, like any virtual event, I think does fall a bit short from what the in-person offers. Uh, and I think that's probably would have been one of the hardest things as far as organizing something like this would have been just been, you know, how do you, how do you recreate that? And the, the answer is you can't like, there's no possible way to recreate what you experienced at LDW in person in Dallas, um, and so ultimately I think you did a, an absolutely phenomenal job doing what you did and in as little time as you had to plan it. Um, but you know, for me, like you, you have a very captive audience when you're at LDW in person, you know, people are stuck in the same hotel for the most part for three, four days. You're literally in breakout sessions the whole entire time, or you're doing networking and bar activities, uh, you know, and, and a few other, few other, uh, you know, things. And we can talk LDW okay. war stories. Cause I know Meg's got a few to share. Uh, That's some having, of the best. having done some ldws in the past herself yeah. uh, we, we should probably just dive into that a little bit but um yeah so with it was like you said attention spans are short uh on in virtual so my favorite parts were the the main stage prior to the general sessions that was a lot of fun i think you and rena did a great job at hosting that is the best um I, the chat was awesome uh you know there's a lot of people lighting chat up and we were you know still having that social interaction even though it was through chat and not you know in person uh the platform you guys used was great uh hop in uh if anybody's not familiar with that it was actually a really cool platform for for hosting this type of event and it wasn't very expensive either from what i was told damon sort oh, of filled it's, in on it's that really and adorable, it's,
2: which is yeah. probably why it was it was one of the main reasons it was chosen Yeah. so accessible. Plus, I always try and feel like if there's a product that I can use that the regionals could also use, right, and they're always driven by, you know, limited funds, then there could be value there. So I totally agree. Um, I think it was the right choice for LDW,
1: and um, I'm glad you had that experience with it. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, these virtual events. I mean, they're they're hard to to pivot from these amazing. I mean, I feel like the LDWs that I went to were the best events of the year. Like we all were fighting in our region of who got to go to the next one. I mean, I was like, I'll fight you, so I'm going to go, and they just let me go. But Jolie Porter would be like, I can't go again. <laughs> but I remember it was the. I remember the what I remember of it the most was a the education. I if you're going in there as a newbie. You LDW literally arms everybody with the tools they need to do to wear that regional hat well. And because when you come in, you're either a distributor, your supplier, you're a service provider, and you're just they t- they teach you you're like you have to take that hat off at the door. You're not coming here as a supplier or distributor. You're coming here as a as a leader um, for your regional. And we're going to teach you how to be that leader. And I I've I think gained so much knowledge just from the I think I went to like three or four in a row, but. They were amazing and the networking that goes on because I always talk about how social media really humanizes you. But when it comes to these, these events, like that really is the mark because during your nine to five, your customers or your vendors, they might only see a certain side of you. And then it, it, it's what happens after those hours, the networking events, the karaoke. I mean, let's be honest. No one really wants to hear me sing, save a horse, ride a cowboy, but it's so funny that it's fun. I mean, I do,
0: <laughs> what, what do you I mean?
1: Video somewhere
0: we're going to find that.
1: Um, we have to find Bruce, that. Bruce Corn is sweet Caroline. Like you, 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 I really still remember these, like this is just so much fun that we have. We all get together and then it's like something to talk about afterwards. So I feel like that part, since I, I, I don't know, but I'm assuming that was what was really missing from this. And it's not something you can replace, which is kind of heartbreaking because it's just the world that we live in right now. Yeah. yeah, so Walter
0: Kurt chimes in. He says education at LDW is awesome. So uh, pat on the back, Dana, for, for that. Uh, and he also says he misses LDW. So it's about time for him to come back, I think. you know. And you're allowed to make a comeback. And as a matter of fact, uh, you know most regionals may have already put out their call for uh, for board nominations or elections, but uh, it may not be too late uh, so yeah if if, uh, if your local uh, association is putting out nominations, I would highly encourage you to reach out and get involved in board service it 's the greatest thing i 've done uh, in the industry for for my career and for my own personal uh, ambition as well like uh, it's really been phenomenal. So highly encourage you to do that uh, real quickly. I think we should uh, exchange just a war story at LDW or a funny moment uh, just in the past. Cause I think Meg, we need to bring some of these to light. Why, why not? Right, Dana. Right.
1: Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Let's it, Let's Are you guys waiting on me to come up? Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, Meg, go. Oh. go. Well, alcohol is always fun. Right. So <laughs> I think this was when I was in my prime for jujitsu and competing and You know, when people start drinking, they're like, hey, that's the girl who fights. That's the girl who fights. And then the more drinks that you have, people start eyeing you up. And you're like, that girl who's wearing a skirt and heels, like, I can take her. And it's how every story goes. They all think that. And then I go, here we go again. (laughs) I think that one year in particular, um, Dan Jenny had a suite and we had a fight club.
2: (laughs) He was the rack board president that year, I think, and he had. Yeah, yeah.
1: I remember. um, I went against three grown men, even though one of them like to think that he beat me. He did not.
2: (laughs) I think that may have been Um, the highlight of their year, but go on. It might
1: have been. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, it was. I'm kind of known as the legend from LDW from that week. (laughs) By the way, way, I've never
2: looked at you and thought I can take her. (laughs) <laughs> so i've never gone through my head but um yeah i was actually new that year i think maybe a, thing. and i didn't know any of this went on until like later i heard these stories and it's um it's still talked about because i think security was called right oh and there was yes yeah. shoes left in the elevator um yeah, that's there, right yeah definitely some some good stories that have continued to be told from that <laughs>
0: See, get involved in a regional and go to LDW, folks. Come on. What are you I waiting know on?
2: What's going to happen? You
0: never know. You never
2: know. You never know. What about so you, Jeff? Like,
0: oh, uh, well, I think we're running out of time, actually. I think we'll <laughs> probably move on to some regional association business, right? Uh,
2: that's probably good. That's probably good. <laughs> I like your segue with volunteer for your regional, right? Because I think a yeah. lot of people, um, if they are involved in their regional if they aren't asked personally they don't necessarily seek out opportunities and um it's something we talk about all the time is being better at, at making the ask but also i want to give people the um the courage to 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 ask how they can how they can contribute so you know if you if you know the regional community you know that right now um i think it's, it's a trying time it's a trying time for our industry and it's definitely a trying time for our regionals or you know our associations because their revenue comes from trade shows. And what are we not having trade shows? Although I did see five outside shows, I think with this week, it happened yeah. in the regional level, which is why it speaks to the value of the regional right? If anyone's going to get tiptoe back into this in-person business, it can be done regionally because people aren't getting on airplanes. So um, but they need, they need the support of volunteers and they need support of their members. So if I could, if I could objectively make a call to action, if you are a regional member, typically we get you get your membership renewals at this time of year for most, and you might not pay it till that first show in January, which I totally get. You pay that bill ahead of time because you may not have an in-person event, and if there's ever a time your regional needs your membership, it's now, um, because a lot of them are doing these events and they're not they're not producing any revenue. They're doing it because the market needs it, because the members need it. So if I can put that call to action. Um, most regional dues are incredibly affordable, especially in comparison to other association or um, chambers. If you compare it's it's just, it's like, what is it like $8 a month or something like that? That's well, within crazy, my crazy So line. that's my pitch for, for the regionals. But I do think that that's, you know, it speaks to like the climate, what's happening. And I'm seeing more and more regionals do smaller, what I consider thoughtful events, in the in the times that we're in, but they're connecting the members because that's why you belong to a regional, in my opinion, mm-hmm. is you want to feel connected. And whether it's you know certainly that's where business gets done. But I mean, if you talk to people, you know, I know the partnership between suppliers and distributors um, often gets um, it's it's that partnership, it's that relationship that they have that gets them what they need for their client and and those real relationships to me, form in a local level.
1: I have to agree with you. I mean, there's, I I just did like a two minute spotlight on some, I think one of these podcasts that SNS does, and and I was, I didn't have enough time, but my, because I only have two minutes, but the second part of growing the relationships was about joining your regional association. I think it, it might've got cut short, so I don't know if that made it or not, but again, it goes into this nine to five and then these volunteer opportunities that are available for networking. I mean, even Jeff hit the nail on the head. He's like, this is it's really helped him grow personally and professionally in his career as a person. And I think that goes for everybody. Me too. I was on two boards at one time, Sagni and CPA, and it was very rewarding the things that I was able to do. And I came out of my shell and, you know, you get to really do things. You've got to find what your strength is and, and you use that to kind of wear that regional hat, like I was saying, but I think this is, everybody should be a part of of the regional association if given the opportunity. It could be something as small as being on a committee to decide show shirts. I don't know. But when it comes down to it, it's a great opportunity for networking. You know, when it comes down to the distributors, like you want to know your local reps. Those are the guys that you're going to call if something goes wrong. If you're in a bind, you need special pricing, you need a project idea, or you need a sample. Like if you call customer service at any given supplier rep, you may not get that same treatment. But when you develop that relationship with your local rep, they want that business equally as much as you want that help. So it's a great I think the best networking opportunities are done at these regional association events.
0: Well said, Herber. Well said. You
1: know, I pull well something said. out of my head every once in a while.
0: <laughs> yeah. So Dana, uh, let, let's just briefly touch base on uh, the, I guess, state of the regionals. Cause obviously we, we did talk, you know, obviously with COVID-19 and the regional associations, you know, getting the majority of their revenue from trade shows. Do, do you like in the back of your head, if you were still in an executive director capacity, would you, have any ideas as to how regional associations could particularly uh, earn uh, non-trade show revenues you know, yes. to sort of help stay alive in this situation? And I mean, I'm sure that that has already been-
2: Well, that's uh, been the question for 10 years, right? Is we gotta yep. diversify revenue, we gotta diversify revenue, easier said than done. Um, there's There's always some advertising opportunities and especially with more online um programs that that increases some. I also think that regionals can look to kind of identify um year-long partners that might have a financial um commitment that then hopefully they can quantify you know I think if you partner throughout the years instead of just being a show sponsor you would be you know an annual sponsor of regionals but um I think, I think it's going to be incrementally. I don't think there's going to be one source of revenue that replaces what shows have been able to produce.
1: Mm-hmm. I
2: think that's okay. Uh, if anything, it'll teach us to diversify in small ways moving forward, but it, it's going to happen in small bits. And so right now what we're seeing is regionals are having these events they're not making any money on them, I'm sure of it. If they are, they may maybe breaking even. They're probably losing money, but it's important, right? Because it's what the members need right now. At some point, that has to become, um, they got to figure out a way to monetize it. And yeah. and I think it's it will be interesting to see as it's going to be driven by the pandemic and what, you know, because I think that in-person touch is so important. But we are seeing some, Regionals do hybrid events. Um, I've seen a couple out of um, Mark's done a couple great ones where he had in-person events, but he's also had a virtual component. And, and together, if you look at the participant numbers, they're kind of equal to what he had in a live event. So it's, it takes some time to think about, but um it's, it, I think we're going to just see the gamut, depending on geography, right? Because things happen differently in New York and California than they
1: do. Exactly. They're totally different. They were hit at different times. And where are in, in California. One of my coworkers said, if you were outside riding your bike and not wearing a mask, they shame you. And I'm like, wow. And here in New Jersey, if you're riding a bike wearing a mask, I'm shaming you. I'm just like- <laughs> I'm sorry you need to breathe okay so um but I really think that's right it really depends on where you are in the country and how your your local government or whatever is treating the situation so that's really tough too but I I like what you said when it came to like the hybrid numbers that might be what we need to to work on and focus on right now is people may not want to show up but that doesn't mean you have to go and I'm gonna say ruin it for everybody else, but it doesn't mean we need to cancel the event and ruin it for everybody else. I get Expo flying in crazy, totally understandable. But um, for instance, Expo East is coming up or would be coming up next June. Um, I know I'm on the committee for that. So, and it's not even Expo East anymore. So that's part of PPI. We sent out a survey. We wanted to know what the members want. You know, Joel Schaefer put together this great analogy and he's like, we are building a custom house. We have the architects, but we need to find out, we need, we need the building materials, we need the tools. Where is this house going to be? you know what do you want to have in the house? that kind of thing and I think we're all trying to build it from scratch and we we reached out to the members of all the local regionals to ask for their input and it was it was really important that we get that too because I know what I want and I know what Joel wants, and they're not the same thing because we we're two different you know we're both suppliers we're both friends, but we both have different outlooks on what we think is best for the industry, but that's what's so great about having a board you get 12 people together that all have these great ideas and together we can kind of bring it and make the best event so it's tough it's we're all in a sticky spot and i think we can just do the best that we can with what we have and i think you guys i saw
2: that survey come out and i i didn't i didn't click on it. didn't take it because i you know i i don't have that vantage point but i i love i loved i'm like i'm glad i you know that that to me is what the regionals do best is they connect to their members they ask their members but not only that, they listen to their members. So if listen, you yep. if you have been to Expo East or Promotions East before it, take that survey so that, that something can be, you know, your voice can be heard. And I think that people, I think, assume their voices aren't heard in these types of organizations. But to the contrary, if you speak up, your voice is heard. We're
1: listening. We are listening. That's yeah, it's sure. definitely
0: heard. I mean, obviously like anything goes, I mean, there's going to be varying viewpoints and you can't obviously satisfy everybody. So if you have ever submitted, you know, uh, your, your viewpoint on something and it didn't necessarily go the way that you would have liked to have seen it, you know, don't be discouraged because it just means that, you know, the overwhelming majority would have, would have thought differently, but every voice is heard for sure. So, yeah. um, all right, you guys want to break into the, uh, the newest segment of our podcast.
2: I'm ready. I am I'm, I'm new, so I'm always ready.
0: Tina <laughs> gets to be the guinea pig. This is going to be fun. All right, Meg, why don't you? Since this was sort of your idea, why don't you? Uh, why don't you launch us here? Tell us. Tell us what. Yeah. We're
1: well, I just did a. I just did the. Uh, I say serial angle, social angle with Vin Driscoll from ASI, and he was like, "I got this great idea." He's like, "You should do it too." I was like, "Why not?" It sounds like fun. It's a quid pro quo. We each ask each other a question. We, we had three of us, it was me, Steven and Jeff, but um, we're gonna ask you three questions each or one question each and then have you ask us a question, but Steven's not here. Um, so we're just gonna go and I'm just gonna shoot and you just give me like the best and fastest answer. We're not gonna talk about politics or religion or whatever, but we're gonna make this fun. So my okay. question to Dana is, what is your favorite already been chewed vegetable?
2: Oh, you know the answer to this. Or is it a vegetable?
0: Already is it vegetable? been I don't know. I was
2: going to say uh, Meg Arbor's Atamame. <laughs> and I've shared, well, I shared a bowl that she already ate, but that's disgusting. But it sounds Pre COVID, everybody. everybody Pre COVID. Pre COVID. And it was totally on accident, but people were watching me do it, I think, for the first few beans and like, what is she doing? And then I was like, are these eaten? And you're like, so thanks for that. Thanks for that.
1: It was angry at momme. It was so good. It was probably so some spice left over after I. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, I. Yeah, it was so good. I don't know where I, to get that anymore.
0: I'm learning so much today.
1: <laughs> All right. I got Jeff.
0: Dana Geiger, number one. Uh, number one piece of advice for raising children.
1: Oh, good one. oh gosh this is not rapid fire
0: what the hell come on
1: (laughs) i know you wrote the book i mean you have these amazing you have i just i I have you you and your son right now like i want him to be my son i'm not gonna lie (laughs) i want to steal him
2: he's precious both my children (laughs) i say i have perfect children my sister tells me I won the baby lottery I think I did um I'm kind of an asshole sometimes though so um but I so I think my advice is is you know love big but give boundaries right because I've you know my parents used to my mom used to tell me you're too hard on them you're too hard on them we had very specific boundaries that we didn't cross and it was like you know even though they were adorable and really good kids if you forgot your homework three days I'm sorry that third day I'm not saving you like go you know like yeah. so and and it would have been easy to go oh you're a good boy you're just absent-minded I'll drive it up the school's right around the corner but I was like no you're never gonna learn if I do it for you so you know I love big but you know we I definitely was a disciplinarian to a degree
0: and do you feel like because I'm very much with you I'm I'm in that uh in that category with you as well so uh, do you feel like that that, that has posed any uh, issues with your relationship with your children? Sorry, this is a, a, a part... Part A of the question. I know this isn't how the segment's supposed to go, so I apologize. I know you
1: have little kids. Are you literally just looking for answers right now, Jeff? <laughs> I'm
0: looking for validation for my style of parenting. That's all.
1: Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. We have a couch. I'm sorry. Do I think that
2: there's ramifications to to that? Um, I, but I think my kids say that I'm the hard one, which my husband he's like, no, she's not, but I am the hard one probably. Um, but I don't, I don't consider that negative necessarily um as a matter of fact as our kids got older when we were with kids that maybe were a little more unruly they would be like those kids are crying yeah. like so yeah, see, I, you know?
0: I think they might i think they might hate it in the short term but i think when they grow up and realize they'll they'll have a much bigger appreciation for what you did as a parent i 100%.
2: hope so i mean i screw up on the daily so i hope i'm getting something right <laughs> i know
0: i know sweet All right, right, thank you for answering our questions, Dana. What is your question to us?
2: I have a question. Okay, so I get two questions, right? Yeah, Yeah, sure. Okay, so Mm -hmm. you both have to answer them both?
0: Yeah. Do we? Yeah, why not?
2: So uh, what is something that you've done in the last nine months or learned about yourself in the last nine months that has surprised you?
1: That once I turn 40, it is very hard to lose weight. Very hard.
2: you did turn 40 this year. Mm-hmm. That was, I, okay. Yeah.
1: yeah. Well, It was like, Ooh. been working out for eight weeks straight. So
0: my, my answer to this question, uh, I think we talked about this, uh, was it Jessica Gouch Ribbons that we had on that, uh, or Jessica Gibbons Rouch? sorry, that yeah. <laughs> uh, was talking about the sourdough? Oh yeah. Yeah, so yeah. I, yeah, yeah. I am notoriously terrible. I'm a, I'm a good cook, but I'm notoriously terrible at doing anything bread. Okay. I've tried to make fresh bread because I love the smell of it. Uh, Mm. It tastes great. I've tried sourdough cultivating and starting and doing all that uh, weird, crazy jazz. I feel like my sourdough was better than my bread, but it was still terrible. Um, And then, so basically in the last nine months, I figured out that I'm actually pretty kick-ass at making pizza dough from scratch and making pizza from scratch. Uh, It's actually better than ordering takeout. Yeah. That's mine. that's question number two
2: question number two uh well this is i was torn i'm gonna go with the the, fl- the fluffy one which is what are you gonna be for halloween <laughs> no, <laughs> come on you don't I have wait. sense.
0: i'm gonna be the covid dad we're not trick-or-treating unfortunately i'm so well, sad i thought about. you'd
2: still be dressing up with the girls No.
0: Well, I mean, I, I can to, tell you okay. what my girls are gonna dress up.
2: <laughs> so, okay, that'll well, be. Well, you know what?
0: I'll be a Steeler. You know what? I've got all the jerseys this, Ugh, and you know, I've got the memorabilia.
2: Sports, sports. Yeah.
0: You know. <laughs> look, everybody's afraid of the Steelers right now, and rightfully so. So I'm gonna go as the scariest costume you could possibly imagine.
1: Yourself?
2: What are your girls gonna be? Your best wow, girl.
0: Wow. Uh, so Khaleesi's <laughs> gonna be Snow White, and. Shit, what is Ayana going to be uh, I think uh, one of the other Disney princesses. I can't remember.
1: Elsa, Anna, probably. You're, All not right, you're not dressing up. Your little one has to be, though. You know, yes, she is. Like, I just, every year, I'm like, oh, what are we going to be for Halloween this year? And we haven't done Halloween in, like, six or seven years. I keep... Waiting to be invited to like someone's Halloween party, but that's really the problem. And <laughs> since nobody's invited me, we're not well, going.
2: Especially this year, right? No one yeah.
1: Goes. Well, I even po- I almost posted. is anyone having a Halloween party? But I'm like, nobody's having a Halloween party. So she, we went. She wanted to be like everything under the moon. So she settled on a butterfly, and we kind of made it. Went got some wings from Party City and a tiara yeah. and mask. So yeah. And we're gonna do instead of trick or treating. Uh, the neighbors and I are kind of doing like a Easter egg hunt type for Halloween. So we're gonna all the dress up and do the Halloween, but just around the house. Cause it's, they are having Halloween here in New Jersey, but who's doing it and where we live, it's very rural. So like you have a house here and then like a house down there. So if you only have every seven houses, I'm going to be walking all night. And I'm 40. Maybe not getting any get hard.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. Wow. So, you know, I'm going to redeem myself right now, because if you are going to be trick-or-treating, you should definitely be using some hand sanitizers. And guess who's got some really great hand sanitizers?
2: Tech Weld. Weld, for <laughs>
0: sure. You know what? Uh, right now, hand sanitizers due to the coronavirus outbreak, definitely something that's trending worldwide. CDC recommends sanitizers and washing your hands to help prevent the spread of the disease. Uh, they've got many sanitizer SKUs that can help combat the spread of the virus. So listen, if you're trick-or-treating... Make sure you treat your hands to some hand, uh, hand sanitizer, all right? And make sure it's TechWelds. They've also got some FDA-compliant products, uh, very, very, uh, very many FDA-compliant products. Uh, in a time of uncertainty, knowledge that a product is FDA-compliant is key in allowing the customers to feel at ease when placing their orders, so feel free to check out uh, their hand sanitizers and their FDA-compliant products at TechWeld.com. You won't be sorry that you did. Meg, how'd I do? How'd I do? Much better this it week.
1: It was a much better segue. That was good. That was very
2: well done. Well done. I,
0: I give Dana Geiger the credit. You know, I've had to step my <laughs> I'll game I'll take
2: off. it.
1: I'll take you it. I've had to step <laughs> my
0: game All right. So well, thank everybody
1: for listening today. We don't cool anybody
0: one. has any other closing questions or, or comments.
1: Just love you, Dana.
2: Wanna I love you it. guys. I feel like I've had lunch with friends. Thanks for having me. Thanks okay. for me. The uh, The ambassadors that you are for the regional community, you make a huge difference.
1: Thank you. Awesome.
0: Oh, you know what, Meg? Uh, real quick, Lori Moore says, Ha, wait till you hit fifty, Meg.
1: I saw oh, that. Oh, great. Yeah.
0: yeah. All right, fair <laughs> enough. On that note, we'll end. <laughs>
2: no, that's a Bye guys.
0: Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Promo Corner's Industry Insider. For more great content from industry thought leaders, including podcasts, blogs, and videos, visit promocorner.com.